Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft. The world is full of unseen forces. Let me be your guide as we lift the veil and peer into the face of the unknown. This is the major as well. You want a one guide to all things witchcraft and spiritual. Hey majors, thanks for tuning in. This week, we're looking at the history of bathhouses and sweat lodges. Bit of a weird one, what's going on? Well, it turns out they were actually a core site for the performance of magic in many cultures, and they were sort of seen as a sacred site. Before we dive into this, I just wanted to take a moment and say that I've uploaded a guided meditation for the Sugarpot spell. So, if you're a member of the tier on Patreon, you've got access to this now. For those who are wondering, the Sugarpot spell, it's a type of community spell that I do, People subscribe to the tier and I add their name into the sugar pot. Now, what is a sugar pot spell? It's a very, very old spell, and it's the idea that when placing someone's name into the pot, their life will become sweeter. I keep the Mage's Well sugar pot on my altar and I charge it and top it up often. I tend to do this on the full moon, and I've written a spell for it too that I chant over it. I'll also add in cinnamon and honey and whatever bits I think to just sort of add the correspondences to that I want for that month. A few of you have actually messaged me saying how it's affected your life or how it's working and there's some brilliant stories in there. So someone got a refund from their uni because Covid had affected the way the course was taught. My mate's application got accepted for a government grant for first time homebuyers. Another person got it together with an old school crush. There's some cute little experiences happening that people are putting it down to the sugar pot. Now, this meditation that I've put up, it's going to add to this and make the effects stronger. If this is something that you'd like to get in on, there's a link to my Patreon in the show description. Also, I've noticed that some of the links, depending on where you listen to the show, they don't always work. I fixed this now, and the link should take you to where you want to go. Now, on with the show. Throughout history, bathing has played a huge role in societies all over the world. From ancient Greece and Rome, 
to the Byzantine Hamans, from the Japanese bathhouses to the Russian banyas. The bathhouse was, and in some places still is, an institution. Historian Siegfried Gideon wrote, The role bathing plays within a culture reveals the culture's attitude towards human relaxation. It is a method of how far individual well-being is regarded as an indispensable part of community life. And the Romans actually dedicated an entire month to bathing, usually February. But its purpose wasn't to just get clean and relax. It was far more complex than that. Their very presence knitted social fabric together, and it provided a space of respite from labour. Threshold experiences often took place in them, more on that later. It was also a place where male and female sex workers could operate, and it often mixed up the classes. With social barriers disappearing into the steam, it was far more inclusive than today's modern spa. Side note, the word spa is an acronym for salus per aqua, meaning healing through water. And bathhouses were also intimately linked to the community's spirituality as well. They were places where people could visit to undergo a psychic transformation. Bathhouses are the descendants of hot springs, and they were often built on top of them. And springs, whether they be hot or cold, usually had a pagan shrine built near them to honour the sacredness of the area. It was only natural for bathing and spirituality, and once inseparable to spirituality, wellness, to all converge within the bathhouse. Springs are also a gathering place of sorts for spirits, and each spring will have its own spirit who guards over it. There are generally two types of bathhouses, one that feature cold and hot pools, and ones that produce large amounts of steam. It is this second type that we'll be looking more into, as they were seen as more magically potent. The steam is produced by the symbolic meeting of water with fire, and it was seen as spiritually potent. Adding to this is the fact that it envelops the bather in warmth and limits our visual and audio capabilities. Its very essence draws us inward. A lot of threshold experiences and major milestones were held in bathhouses. Babies were born there, bodies underwent preparation for funerals, brides and grooms prepared for their weddings in them. In some cultures where they forced those who menstruate into isolation for the duration of their period, once finished, underwent rituals in the bathhouse to return to society. The bathhouse was a powerful place of transformation and carried quite potent energies. In Abraham's Dictionary of Alchemical Imagery, bathing is a highly symbolic act. Quote, Bath, submersion, drowning and baptism are all synonymous, and symbolise the breaking down and cleansing of old outmodelled states of being, leading to the birth of the rejuvenated and illumined person. Dreaming of bathing also takes on this idea in that it symbolises the unconsciousness dissolving old belief systems and bringing about change. This change can be a signal for new growth, or for psychological disaster. Many traditions required those to bathe before they approached deities, and it was symbolic of purification. We see this a lot with Egyptian magic, and soap, I should say, isn't a modern-day invention. 
It was invented in 2800 BCE, when the Babylonians mixed wood ash with tallow or animal fat. One of the earliest known bathhouses was actually built in the Indus Valley around 2500 BCE in the lost city of Mohenjo-Daro. Its grand bathhouse is located on top of the city's biggest mound. Now this elevation is interesting and it's symbolic. It suggests that this bathhouse doubled up as a place of sacredness and worship. I just want to throw a little spotlight on this city because I'd never heard of it and it was really advanced for its time, more so than that of its contemporaries of the Egyptians and the Mesopotamians. In 2000 BCE, it actually had flushing toilets, a public water supply, and a sewage system. Wealthier houses even had their own baths. The city was abandoned around 1700 BCE, in what's thought to be due to climate change. Now this city, it isn't very well known, its very presence sparks a lot of controversy and political issues within India and Pakistan. So it hasn't quite trickled down into the mainstream yet, but when it does, it is due to rewrite our history books. When we think of the Roman Empire, we automatically think of bathhouses. Now as the Roman Empire declined, so did its use of the bathhouse. Now the Ottoman Empire picked up on this idea and modified it. The Haman was created, and it was often attached to a mosque. It was, and still is, a place to not only purify the body, but also the soul. Within them, major life events were celebrated, and bathing rituals went hand in hand with marriages and births. Within Islam, the cleaning of the ears and mouth is sometimes employed, so the prayers can be pure, and the ears can hear what is being said in response. Christianity, not a big fan of bathhouses. They were very much a pagan idea. In medieval Europe, bathing was seen as sinful, and devout Christians bathed only once or twice a year. This was in direct opposition to pagan peoples who, prior to Christianity, would bathe quite frequently. Men and women would often bathe together, and it was also a place where sex could be easily found, and sex between the same genders as well. The church was horrified. Within Russia, we have the Banya, a shack-like building for steaming and bathing. Often they were built away from the community, as they pose quite a substantial fire risk, and sometimes these Banyas were built underground, giving them the name of Lasnya, deriving from creep or to crawl. By the 1900s, this had a vital role within Russian society. Every village had at least one. An old proverb from Russia is, the banya is like a second mother. But it was also a locus for supernatural activities, witchcraft, and the passing of occult knowledge. It was a place of ancestral traditions. Attending a banya on a Sunday was a spiritual activity Conventional use was typically dawn till midday, but those who lingered in the bathhouse after hours, when the heat had dissipated, were there for witchcraft and invoking water spirits. Another telltale sign that there was a witch in the community was if they went alone to the bathhouse. It was seen as dangerous to enter this space alone, but its magical potency attracted the daring, 
A particular potent time to conduct magic within the Banya was at midnight. It was during this time that the Banya belonged to the spirits until dawn. Again, this period of time could be seen as quite dangerous. A lot of Russian spells begin with the instructions, enter the Banya at midnight. You also had to be careful with what you said. Words possessed magical powers once you stepped over the threshold and into the Banya. The main reason why this place was so dangerous was due to the spirit who resided within, called the Banyik, translating to bathhouse spirit. Those wishing to enter the bathhouse would have to ask permission. Usually, quote, Master of the bathhouse, let me in to steam myself, and thank him when you were done. Kind host, thank you for the steam bath. There were certain times when the Banik would bathe, and it was closed to everyone else. To disturb him may result in death. He would also invite spirits from the forest and bathe with them. He was seen as generally a hostile spirit and one that had to be appeased with regular offerings and rituals. Offerings could include hot water and soap. Also, Christian iconography wasn't allowed inside in case it offended him. Speaking loudly within the banya or swearing or cursing someone could also anger him. Without his presence, however, it was thought that the banya would turn to evil. He was often called upon for divination. One method involved exposing your back to the half-open door of the bathhouse. If the banyak stroked your back, it was a good sign. But if he lashed out at it, it was bad times ahead. The banya was also used to give birth in, and this is where another type of spirit came into play, called the Rosanitsi, coming from the fairy folk whose name derives from to give birth. An offering table would be set up prior to the child being born, and if done correctly, they would attend and assist with the birth. Now when using the banya in relation to weddings and funerals, the source of the water used was very important and had to come from multiple springs. The power of the water could also be increased by chanting spells and incantations over it. In some cases where healing was needed, the water was actually brought in silence. Firewood was also collected carefully and with the same mindfulness. Also, those who attended a funeral were required to attend a banya so as to wash away their grief. There's also the famous Native American sweat lodges that solely focus on the spiritual element, where rituals can last up to several hours, and it tests the mind and the body. The heated stones used within the ritual are called grandfathers, the first stone is brought in and that represents the creator. This also creates a pathway or a cord between the fire and the lodge itself that spirits actually use to come into the lodge and that no one must cross over this line. Once the ritual is over, many leave the lodge feeling reborn. Post-traumatic stress disorder is far from a modern issue. Ancient warriors returning from war often suffered from it. In fact, modern research into the Homeric epic of the Odyssey suggests that Odysseus was struggling from it when he returned from Troy. The ancient world was certainly no stranger to this condition, and various cultures practiced different rituals to try and heal from this trauma. In Rome, the Vestal Virgins would bathe their soldiers who returned home. I mentioned them in the fire episode. Now, the Native Americans, they would hold sweat lodge purification rituals and within these rituals, the warriors would tell and leave their stories amongst the hot stones, clearing away their inner pollution. 
The Majors Well Trance Oil has been designed to take users into trance, a place where you're not fully awake, but nor are you fully asleep. A place that is perfect for magic and witchcraft. Personally, I diffuse while meditating to open myself up to receive messages from beyond the veil. Others have used it to bring about vivid dreaming. It's been used and combined with yoga to deepen the practice. Or you could even just diffuse it to bring about a sense of peace and calm. In times like these, I've noticed I've been using it like this a lot more. And I know I'm biased, but the smell is amazing. It is seriously opulent and rich. A blend of many oils, three of which are sandalwood, frankincense and palo santo. And all of these are highly sacred plants that have a long history of spiritual use. All oils are ethically sourced, especially the palo santo, and it contributes to local communities. Trance is pure essential oil, meaning it hasn't been watered down or diluted with a carrier oil. Available to buy now over on themajorswell.com The Aztecs had the Temescal, coming from the word Temescali, which translates to House of Heat in the Nahuatl language. Again, a very interesting blend of life and death took place within these womb-shaped cleansing spaces. They were often dedicated to the Lord of Magic, Tezcatlipoca, and Tlazaltolotl, the goddess of witches and the eater of filth. She also watches over female healers and midwives. Those who were struggling to conceive would go to the sweat house as it was good for infertility. A person could also commune with the spirits of water and fertility within the space. The head of the Temezcal was seen as a figure of the community, a healer, a spiritual practitioner and a leader, all rolled into one. Now the Mayans also had their own version of a sweat bath, and it's thought that they actually influenced the Native American design. The Mayans used them in a similar way to the ancient Europeans, that of births, purification before rituals, and when there was illness within the community. They also bathed newborns in there as well. Now, we think they also believed that sweat houses contained a link to the underworld that they could use to not only contact their ancestors, but the gods themselves. It also looks that the sweat lodges were symbolically eating those who entered them. Doorways appear like gaping jaws of monsters. To walk out of them could symbolise a rebirth and coming back into the world stronger and transformed. At one site in Zoltun, Guatemala, the sweat house looks like it was believed that it actually was the goddess of creation, and she was seen as a grandmother. Her name remains undeciphered, but archaeologists are calling her the amphibian goddess. She is depicted in a squatting position, surrounded by iguanas and toads. These animals were also found to be sacrificed within the sweat lodge, as well as the remains of an infant and figurines of women. This is one of the oldest steam baths in Mesoamerica to date, and it was carved into the rock bed. Caves and sweat lodges are classed and treated in a similar way as well. Check out my episode on cave worship for more info. Today, Mayan communities still use sweat baths, and often in relation to postpartum care. The Incans had a sacred site called Chacabamba, a religious center containing 14 baths which a complex water system was used to fill them from a waterfall. 
Given how much focus was put on the baths and the water, it's deduced that it was used to honour a water goddess. It's also thought the baths played a role in purification for the feast of Chitua, the festival of the moon. Japan also has a rich bathing culture that originated from the fact that within the country there are over 25,000 hot springs, which they call onsen. Bathing culture, it's thought, originally developed within the temples. Buddhism heavily advocates the idea of purity. Now at first it was just the monks who would bathe, but it was opened up to the public so they could experience the virtues of the practice. Buddhist teachings tell that the baths banish seven illnesses and invite seven blessings. Purification fountains are maintained within the temples for devotees to cleanse their sins. It usually takes the form of washing the hands and rinsing the tongue. The Indian Ayurveda sees bathing as cleansing of the mind and body, and it recommends one bath a day. But it's not unusual for some to take three. The first one usually takes place one and a half hours before sunrise. It's a very auspicious time for ancient peoples. Usually, it's a cold water bath to invigorate the body and to remove negative influences. A second one takes place at noon, and then there's a third, which is usually reserved for hermits or holy men before sunset. Within witchcraft, generally bathing in the mornings are for new beginnings, and bathing in the evenings are focused around banishing. The health benefits for bathing are numerous, and they're scientifically backed. The warm water helps with blood flow, which has a widespread effect on the many different systems within the body. A study in Japan found submerging yourself in 40 degree water had brilliant results for reducing stress, fatigue and pain, and it worked wonderfully on symptoms associated with stress, anxiety and depression. They also discovered that just soaking in water for 10 minutes a day was enough to reap these results. Another study found that bathing lowered the occurrence of heart disease and stroke. An eight-week study in Germany found that bathing in 40-degree water helped with depression. 30 minutes a day showed an improvement within depressive symptoms, compared to the other test group who were told to exercise 45 minutes twice a week. You can achieve similar results with the same temperature in a shower. Spend 10 minutes in there minimum. It's also thought that similar results can be achieved within a shower. Spend 10 minutes in there on a minimum. Just a little disclaimer, I am not a medical practitioner. Please don't self-medicate. Seek professional advice. Now, I feel uncomfortable advocating the idea of taking baths or showering longer when so many in the world are without fresh, clean water. We're approaching a water crisis. Please consider incorporating a more plant-based diet. The amount of water used by meat and dairy farming is huge. Buy second-hand clothes or buy clothes from sustainable and ethical designers. The fashion industry, another culprit for using outrageous amounts of water. Turning off your tap when not using, eating seasonally, switch to an efficient shower head, save up on your dirty clothes, get a low flushing toilet, or buy one of those water saving bags that you place where the water collects. The bag fills the space and you essentially use less water. Water your plants with rainwater. You could also join a climate action group. You could also donate to some water charities. WaterAid is a good one. SKT Welfare. 
Charity Water, water.org, Drop in the Bucket, Splash. There are loads of good charities out there. Please, if you can afford to do so, consider donating today. Please do something. If we all did a couple of things from the list above, the impact would be huge and would go about changing the world. And why wouldn't you want to do that? There's so much work to be done. Let's go, witches. Come on. With the advent of private bathrooms, every home getting plumbing, and more recently heating and water costs rising, we've become alienated from the rich qualities and the cultural legacy that bathhouses once gave us. That quote from historian Siegfried Gideon, the role bathing plays within a culture reveals the culture's attitude towards human relaxation. It is a measure of how far individual well-being is regarded as an indispensable part of community life. It rings true. I love bathing, and I often find a lot of people saying I don't have enough time for a bath, which is very telling, and it's definitely a sign of our capitalistic society that we've internalised time is money, and we've always got to be using it productively. The artist Leonard Cohen argues taking a bath properly requires being able to guiltlessly linger, hang out, and or do nothing whatsoever. When was the last time you remember this being encouraged on a societal level? The idea of a bathhouse being a social space is lost, and that of a spiritual one feels like an alternative reality. To me, while researching it, I definitely struggled to get my head around it. Philosopher Ivan Illich believed that with industrialization, it brought a shift in perception to water. Quote, In the imagination of the 20th century, water lost its mystical power to wash off spiritual blemish. It has become an industrial and technical detergent. Next time you wash yourself... Bear in mind these spiritual qualities that water had, and how sacred and revered it once was, and see how you feel afterwards. The Romans had a term for relaxation called otioma, meaning productive idleness. Let's get some more otioma in our lives. And majors, that's it. That's a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. My intent with this podcast is to provide guidance and inspiration for those on their spiritual path, and to talk about interesting parts of history relating to spirituality. I also want to connect you with information that is both useful and reliable. Would you like to support me and encourage me in creating more episodes? With your support, I can give the podcast more time and create more quality content. You can support me through Patreon and gain access to exclusive content and be part of the Majors Well community, as well as being in the communal sugarpot spell. The link is in the episode description. You could also support me by following my Instagram at the Majors Well, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and telling your friends about the show. Please get in touch with anything you wish to share at themajorswell at gmail.com and you may just get featured. A big thank you to Coral St. Clair for the podcast artwork. Peace out, witches.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.